Hi everyone, this is Kickoff Labs on Growth. I'm Josh Ledgard from Kickoff Labs, and we're going to share our advice on growing sustainable businesses through the stories of our customers and our team as we learn and grow together. In this episode, I'll be sharing my interview with Timmy O from Vara Safety. The big question I asked myself about this interview was, can capitalism help solve some of the gun epidemic in America? With people like Timmy O creating innovative solutions, I think it just might. In this interview, you'll learn what inspired him to create Vara Safety and the Reach solution for secure gun storage with quick access. you learn how he dealt with pushback from both the right and left side of the political spectrum while getting this company off the ground and collecting over 21,000 email addresses using the Kickoff Labs referral program with over 40,000 views of their campaign driven by the Kickoff Labs word of mouth engine. If you enjoy this episode write us a review in the podcast app of your choice and send any feedback directly to josh at kickofflabs.com. Enjoy the show. And it looks like it's actually started. <laughs> uh, and just so I know, like uh, I'll edit this part out, but you're, you prefer Timmy? Yeah, most people you, just call me. It's like you Timmy. sign your email, Timmy, so I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like, I have a friend who's, who's uh, Timothy, and he hates it when people call him Timmy, so I'm always, oh, really? <laughs> I'm always paranoid. He's like, I can't stand being called Timmy. Uh, and uh, and it's uh, it's Timmy O, right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, and then, uh, just so I'm clear, Vera Safety? Mm-hmm, Vera uh, Safety. Uh, Vera Safety is the, the company name? Um. And, so it's kind of like a potato potato thing where some people say Vera Safety and we've been going by Vara Safety just Vara so people safety. spell it okay. more correctly. Yeah. So Vara Safety and the main product is Reach, right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. All right. Yeah. Um, Vara Safety. I'll try. I'll try and make sure I say that correctly. Vara Safety. All right. All right. Um, we'll get started. All right, we are live with the latest episode of the Kickoff Labs On Growth podcast. Today, I'm talking to Timmy O, who is the founder of Vara Safety, um, and their product is called Reach. And today is a pretty exciting day for you, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we've been building up to this launch for the last few years now, so being able to finally be here today uh, feels really good. So when you sent out that mail, were you were you nervous? You sent out. I, I got your launch mail this morning when the store mm-hmm. was open and, and you're ready to go. So what was that like uh, hitting send on that mail this morning? Oh God, like I didn't think I'd be that nervous because most of the times when pitching to competitions, um, you're able to kind of control those butterflies a little bit. But on this occasion, there was no way like I could control that. Just overwhelmingly felt really nervous, excited, a whole bunch of emotions at once. And leading up to get to this point, um, how long have you been marketing the product? And we'll get into the specifics of the product in a, in a couple of minutes, but how long have you been marketing the product and what sort of success have you had marketing the product to date? Yep. So to be quite honest, we only really started our marketing campaign just about a month ago. So in the last 30 days, it's when we started advertising, ramping that up for launch today. And we've been able to get a huge success with that. So what do you define as a huge success? So we've been able to capture over 21,000 emails um, through signups using the Kickoff Labs referral program. So that was enough of a seed base since our goal was 15,000 signups. We blew that or yeah, 15,000 signups. We blew it completely out of the park. 
That's awesome. I love I love hearing that. So how did you come up with a goal, 15,000? So we talked to a lot of other hardware consumer product startups, founders who've launched successful Indiegogos and Kickstarters. And basically they told us that you should expect about anywhere from like a 25 to 30% conversion on the email list that you build up. So going based on that, we wanted to hit a half million benchmark goal, which equated for us uh, 15,000 emails. Cool. And give me the pitch of the, the product, what it is. Yep. So Reach is a product that it's a new generation of firearm safety for homes and families that own a handgun for protection. Right now, over 50% of firearms are actually left loaded and unsecured. So that's a major problem for those, especially who have younger children in the home. So this mission started out as a way to bring better safe storage options for people who cared about immediate access and storage so that we could hopefully prevent any accidents and save lives. Cool. So you're you're creating a, a, a way for people to more like securely lock down their firearms, but still retain immediate access. Can you describe how the product achieves that? Yep. So currently, traditional safes are more or less a locked metal box. So in an emergency, a lot of people believe that they won't be able to get in time because your hands are shaking, you're in the dark, and it requires multiple steps. Uh, we take in the idea of a holster and a safe and combined it. So the way our product works is it almost looks like a holster that mounts next to your bed or in your vehicle. And you, when you reach out and grab the gun, your thumb goes on the biometric sensor on the safe and then locks under half a second. So it's very intuitive. Yeah. And I, one of the reasons I want to interview is because I do love this idea because uh, as much as, you know, we might, uh, we might not like it, guns are not going anywhere in this country. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but there is, there's a huge problem with people who shouldn't have access to firearms, whether that's, you know, I read this horrible story about this toddler who shot himself, you know, because it crawled and got a gun and just like guns not being secured is a big thing. And, in Washington state, they just passed a law basically requiring that firearms in the house have to be securely stored um, mm -hmm. in, in the state. And I imagine maybe other states are going to be passing similar laws uh, as well to help, you know, at least at least make sure that there's some rules around how you store and how you keep uh, guns in a house. Yeah. Um, let's back up just a little bit and talk about your story. So what is your background? How did you get to this point where you've created this product? Okay, so when I was 17 years old, uh, I came up with an idea because like you just mentioned about the story about a young child getting to, to a loaded handgun, there was a big news article about a three-year-old who accidentally found a loaded handgun and um, ended up killing himself. And I think that was one of the most emotional impacts because although I grew up with law enforcement and military uh, family, so I was taught about firearm safety, that's the first time I've actually seen like a child victim like on the his picture was on the front page and it struck me in a way that really emotionally motivated me to kind of want to develop develop a solution for firearm safety. And when I went to RPI uh, as a mechanical engineer, they had a competition called Change the World and I had a concept I believe might be able to help families with better firearm safety and then the things uh, the whole thing rolled out rolled out from there. So it started, I mean, you had this, you had this about, um, and, and then you were in college getting a mechanical engineering degree yeah. and there was a competition for create coming up with a product to change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what was the product like at that point? I mean, did you have a prototype? Like, what was the competition like? Was it just a design sketch? Did you write it on paper? Like, how did how does a how did a competition like that at RPI work? So the first competition was just a simple idea competition where you just have to submit a white paper on the idea. Um, so that went pretty well. It was the, at the time that solution was very different. It was a barrel lock, and mm -hmm. although it won the competition, when I took it out to do, go test it on the market, it went viral on AR15.com, which is the one of the largest gun communities, mm -hmm. but in a really bad way where the market entirely hated it. They were completely uh, bashing on me, the idea, and the whole concept. So uh, why did they hate it? Because that solution was very naive in how it approached the gun safety problem. It's not about sa the lack of safety solutions in the industry. It's about combining immediate access and security in a way that offers families protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and so from that point, that was just a paper. What was the next, when you said things kind of progressed from there, what, what progressed and how did you evolve the idea from that point? So after hearing all that feedback, I went to the Los Angeles Police Department that summer and did research because my uncle is a firearm instructor and law enforcement officer there. And from there, I basically learned to um, shut up and listen to feedback and drew these people, these experts giving me feedback on what they required for safety and access. I was able to learn from that and build prototypes. So over the years, um, I've developed over like 20 to 25 prototypes. And every step of the way, I would take feedback on the changes. Even when I got pulled over for speeding by a law enforcement officer, I pulled the prototype out from the seat, gave it to, to review, and he directed me over to the local department so that I could show to them as well. So, so wait a minute. So you got pulled over for speeding. Yeah. And the first thing you do is, let me show you my cool holster for your gun. More or less, yeah. <laughs> and did, you, did he still write you the ticket? No, I got out of it, so that was Oh, cool. nice. So yeah. this is a good way to get out of tickets if you've got a cool product for a police officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. That's, that's one of the signs that I look for. It seems like it separates uh, people that are successful with their idea and people that are less successful is when you talk to somebody who just, like, they look for every opportunity to get feedback and they look for every opportunity to promote, talk about, discuss their product. Mm -hmm. seems to really some people are really shy to do that and then they just have a hard time drawing an audience connecting with an audience or building a product that connects with an audience so it's uh it's cool to see that that pattern continue with you so a hardware piece piece of hardware like this people mm -hmm. generally need um you know some amount of money and funding to get off the ground which is why a lot of people do a kickstarter campaign it doesn't look like you are doing kickstarter at this point you generated like a marketing list the emails and you're going straight to the store. So presumably if I order it, is it a pre-order or am I actually ordering the product today? So it's still a pre-order, but you'll be getting the product in on August 31st, so only a few months out from now. So you've done all the, the prototype and development rounds that sort of plague some of the failed Kickstarters. Exactly, yeah. So we're at the point where we're going into production now. So we're past the prototyping and development stage, and it's more so manufacturing quality assurance and all that. Well, and so how did you get the funding to get up to that point? Uh, so initially, that's not free getting to this stage. Yeah, it's <laughs> not at all, especially for a hardware product. takes a lot of money. Um, initially, for the first couple of years, I was able to um, fund all the prototypes and market research through competitions. 
either at college or there was the $1 million competition by the Smart Tech Challenges Foundation, which was a Silicon Valley-backed organization developed after the Sandy Hook incident. Mm -hmm. I won a phase one grant from that, which was $10,000. And a lot of all these grants kind of added up to help me through the market research phase. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, I was actually able to win first place in the New York State Business Plan Competition, which is a total of $100,000. So that's when I was able to finally drop out of college and build a team. Wow. So you actually, you dropped out of college for this product. Yeah, I did. (laughs) What do your parents think? Ooh, at the beginning, they were like, what are you doing with your life? But afterwards, seeing like the passion and the success that I've been able to hit with certain milestones, they're a lot more confident now. That's yeah, uh, that's supportive. That's really great. Um, so let's talk about um, a little bit more recent, more recently. Uh, so where did, uh, backing up. Where did you think about, uh, how did you start marketing this? You were getting all this feedback, you were going to competitions. Mm-hmm. So like, when did you actually start a more broad, more broadly marketing the product? I mean, I know a month ago you did more advertising and everything, but yes. even before that, I know you were still starting to do some market. You had a website, you were like still collecting emails. So when did you start doing that? So for the most part we have been trying to fly under the radar just because this is a very politically infused space so before that we wanted to make sure we had partnerships established in the firearms industry so we've been able to get the support of project child safe which is a safety initiative by the national shooting sports foundation so before we want when went public we wanted to get these partnerships which we've been able to get in the last few months uh, around january i believe is when we started kickoff labs mm-hmm. yeah. We've learned about Kickoff Labs through the, your guys' huge success together with Glowforge. Mm-hmm. And we contacted you and then start that campaign. But I remember when I had the first call with you, um, I asked the question, I'm expecting this to be not something that you could just put in and expect to run by itself. You have to put an actual effort for it in order for your campaign list to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of test that the hard way. So for the first few months, we didn't spend any marketing money or advertisements. Mm-hmm. And there was a trickle in of leads through the referral, but not as uh, much as expected. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I had that conversation with you, where it's more about that boost in virality that referrals help. Yep. Um, I We started that advertisement campaign and tying in kickoff labs was where the huge value started coming in and our growth just went through the roof. Cool. And so when you say you started the advertising campaign, can you, because people have a challenge kind of figuring out what it means to promote it. So yeah, how, where did you advertise? What types of ads were you running? Um, how are you promoting it? Yeah. So for us, it was all about effective content where right now in the industry, so much people Uh, focus on like that fear factor or very masculinity aspect of guns but we're specifically targeting families um, especially parents who have younger children so we wanted to send a message more like nest like apple that cared and focused upon user experience and family Mm -hmm. so we created some very valuable assets depicting that in a more heartwarming sort of tone and then we deployed that through Facebook and Instagram targeting our age group. And that's been able to generate a huge return on our investment. Yeah, I noticed uh, one thing that's interesting about your site today, and I think this was true of the pre-launch site as well okay. on Kickoff Labs, 
is uh, there's not a single shot of a man on the screen. It's all women and children. Is mm-hmm. that intentional? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, once again, going back to the fact that it's more of a protection aspect. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to create a softer, more family-friendly tone. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of one of our design, design decisions in advertising. So, what, so once you started to advertise and produce some of that content, um, what kind of uh, feedback did you get at that point? Because I've heard from other people I've interviewed now that once they did start more broadly putting out content, that's when they started to also get a whole bunch of additional feedback on their product. And, and what was this? so what's the feedback been like since you started doing that? Um, honestly, there hasn't been too much feedback in terms of our content. There was just a lot of appreciation for the fact that it's something different, it's sleek, it's more Apple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas right now in the farm industry, there still hasn't been a movement towards that type of minimal type of design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in, in guns and firearms, but I've certainly not seen anything that feels like this uh, mm-hmm. in the industry. Like, like you said, like I've seen, I've been to sporting shops and seen like the lockers and everything, and it is very old school, like yeah. almost intentionally designed, like old school. Like I'm living in an old west town, and I've got this locker. Even the tiny ones are like this thing that's like. Oh, it looks like it belongs in the 1850s in, you know, a yeah. gold mining town. And I'm <laughs> going to try and put that in my bedroom. Like, that just seems absurd. Um, I'd rather just have a shoebox, which is probably what, you know, the other 50% of people are doing mm-hmm. um, in a scary way at this stage. Um, cool. And so I'm happy to hear that you uh, that you came around to it and realized you needed to get the boost and you started to get a uh, you started to get more of a, of a push from that. Yeah. Um, it looks like. Uh, it, it looks like you, know, you, you got a, a decent amount of traffic and leads from the sharing as well, uh, which was nice uh, for the campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. When I look at the sharing that you guys had on the thank you page, it looks like you were giving uh, discounts on the product itself, right? So how yes. did you come up with like, I'm going to do this discount versus this other discount or, you know, giving away an accessory? Like, it looks like you just choose an elevated discount up to the point where you're giving away a free product. Yeah. So I think this was playing a lot of, lot of other successive startups and people who've used referral campaigns before because it's mm-hmm. so powerful in the fact that, A, nobody likes giving up their email anymore because they're afraid of getting spammed every day mm-hmm. with emails. So giving them an incentive where you focus on the product and as an early supporter for them being able to get a substantial number off, for which is for us was $100 off, uh, we thought would mm-hmm. be a good number to start and then that was obtainable by just referring one friend so we wanted to make that barrier of getting that full hundred discount as low as possible because we figured if it's one person referring one friend and now we have two potential customers that's more than worth that discount Um, and most importantly I think we post it in a way as well where as our first launch because it is a safety mission we're more than willing to spend additional marketing money on making it more cost effective for our first supporters Mm -hmm. because we want the solution in homes where there are children who need better safety solutions yeah cool um that's actually really good advice i mean a lot of people wonder like where they should have the reward levels and i thought you had the right spread of the reward levels where you're giving something substantial 
substantial for the easy, like the one kind of instant gratification. Yeah. It's a really simple ask. Like if you asked me to get one person to do something, I could probably easily get one person to do something. But yeah. if you said, hey, can you get 10 people to sign up by tomorrow to go to brunch with you? And I'm like, eh, I'd probably have a hard time convincing 10 people, like even if I was offering a mimosa or something to, to go <laughs> do uh, to go do like brunch in, on you know short notice and, and be able to do that. And so having yeah. that spread, we've got something at the low end and then something for people who are more probably influential in your space is mm -hmm. worthwhile. Um, you mentioned earlier on in the interview that you uh, had, it was posted in a uh, the AR15.com community and you got some negative feedback. Uh, yes. For this round of marketing, did you post for feedback or like advertise to any of the more, uh, the larger gun communities or did you simply leave it to your own, like the Facebook audiences like community? So we actually have, form partnerships with some amazing firearm uh, communities on Facebook and through other uh, platforms as well. So with them, we decided to work on a affiliate model. So yeah. this come next week, we'll be launching with them to also boost our pre-orders. Yep. So instead of us posting on these communities where we don't have much of a presence and a relationship yet, we'll be leveraging these other um, communities and influencers that will be able to share news of our product and as well as added benefit of getting a uh, incentive for that. Cool. That's a great uh, other best practice for people is to find those niche communities uh, mm -hmm. on Facebook or, you know, if it's LinkedIn, if you're a business uh, community, like find those locations and get connected with the people who manage those communities and those sites. Mm -hmm. So how did you find those communities? Did you already know they were there? Did you search on Facebook? Like, just kind of walk me through for somebody who's listening, thinking about doing the same technique. Like, how did you actually find who was in charge and find those communities? So fortunately, I have an amazing chief uh, operating officer, Christine Tate. <clears throat> and Christine basically networked, went out of her way to network and find out exactly who the influencers in this gun industry space were and make partnerships with all of these people. So there mm -hmm. were a couple of important trade shows in this industry called SHOT Show, as well as the NRA annual meeting. Mm -hmm. So in these two conferences, she literally went on foot to all every single booth that we wanted to target, spoke to the people, got their business card, followed up with them, and was able to form um, really key partnerships. That's that's great. So. What's been the most challenging uh, so far leading up to this point? I mean, you'll have challenges to come, but what's been the most leading up to this point, the most challenging part of this? I think the most important part was definitely understanding the customer's needs. So throughout the entire way, being able to be open for feedback. And even if along the way we thought a solution was correct and spent a lot of money and resource into to it and it proved to be false, being able to trust in the market and make those changes before launching with it proved to be very successful uh, because as of this point now when we have a product that's incorporated so much feedback in we're able to truly connect and provide a product that people love great what was the best part about using kickoff labs for you i think kickoff labs it's all about the power of referrals where nowadays it's so easy to be um it's so easy to just dismiss ads, but when you have a friend or family who really truly believes in the product and thinks it's the right fit for you, you're a lot more inclined to listen and help build a community. 
So a lot of the referrals that we got through Kickoff Labs, just we had a lot of people mentioning, oh, so-and-so referred me over through the platform and I love it. Our whole family and community is engaged and support this idea. So it's integral to the idea of community. And I think that's the beauty of Kickoff Labs. Uh, well said. <laughs> uh, so now I want to get into uh, kind of what we call the fast five questions. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really simple answers. We'll keep it, we'll keep it short. Yeah. Uh, how do you personally get in the work zone? So, <clears throat> sorry. So for me to get in the work zone, it's always a middle of the night idea kind of thing. And I end up not sleeping, getting out of bed, and then just focusing in. So I'd say like between two to five a.m. is always my ideal work zone. So you just shoot up out of bed at two a.m. and start working? Yeah, it's one wow. of those things where you can't sleep. <laughs> See, I have to. I get up and I I tap on my phone, and then I feel like okay, I can sleep. I added it to my to-do list for the morning, and I go back to bed. But I'm not. Oh, as, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> That's my way of getting back to those situations. So yeah. what's your favorite vacation destination uh anywhere with a beach so i grew up since i grew up in california i love the ocean and that's mm -hmm. hopefully where i'll end up in the near future again where are you guys located now we're up in new york so i don't have a single beach near me <laughs> if you do the water be a little colder up there exactly, yeah we're upstate new york too so we're a little bit higher oh so you're covering yourself in snow every winter yep yeah uh, what's your, uh, uh, if you listen to them, what's your favorite podcast recommendation? I would say definitely um, How I Built That. It's been a really inspirational podcast where you hear a lot of other startup founders and businesses that have been able to achieve success and hear their background and their stories. Um, so that's been a really influential podcast in my life. So that's How I Built That by Guy Raz and, yes. and one yes. of the NPR podcasts. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Um, something you learned in the last year that's valuable? The most important thing I learned in the last year is finding people who are passionate and care about your mission to work with you because mm -hmm. they are people that will inspire you in your everyday to work harder. And I think that's really valuable for a team and mission. Yeah, it's important to have somebody else that's, uh, that keeps you going because there's always up and down days as a founder. <laughs> the, yeah. more, the more people you have that are passionately believing in what you're doing, the better it is. Yes. Someone you look up to personal or business-wise? Ooh, hmm. I think definitely Bill Gates, not only because he's an avid book enthusiast, but the work he does through the, his Gates Foundation is inspiring and it highlights really important world problems. So through that, you get to learn about other innovators in other spaces that are devoting their life to solving these big issues. I think the most important help I've gotten is not from myself, but people outside. So forming a important network to learn more about resources that are available and help that people can provide for free. Because at the beginning stage, so many, you don't have much to start out with, but people are more than happy to help if you ask. And that was really the foundation that led to success. All these people who have been able to come around me and support this idea. That's a great answer. All right. Um, I want to thank you again for taking the time and uh, talking to our audience today. Uh, again, this is uh, talking to Timothy O, who is the founder of Vara Safety, and their product is 
Reach, uh, and the tagline is a new generation of firearm safety for the home, uh, and it's available for uh, purchase today at varasafety.com. Um, and it's it's a it's amazing. We'll post some some in the show notes. We'll post some links to the images, but it's a very sleek looking secure holster that uh, solves the problem of keeping guns secure in a house and also accessible uh, quickly in case of an emergency. And I think it's an important problem. Uh, kudos to you for going after it in the, in this space. And I think your solution just looks, it looks amazing. Um, and I'm excited to see, uh, you guys get success going down the road. Perfect. Thank you so much to you and the kickoff labs team for being part of this and making this a success. Oh yeah. We're happy to help. I love seeing, uh, seeing stories like this and, uh, thanks again for sharing your time. Perfect. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Okay.